Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash The Statement Show. Over 100,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out today. That's audibletrial.com forward slash The Statement Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, I just received a full briefing from our emergency response teams, including FEMA and agencies that are going to be helpful in the response and recovery efforts uh, the Department of Energy, the Department of Transportation, uh, the Department of Health, uh, Homeland Security, and the Department of uh, Health and Human Services. Uh, obviously, everybody is aware at this point that this is going to be a big and powerful storm. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. I am your host, Terry James, along with my co-host, Zach Chahi. We're covering sports, technology, entertainment, news, and everything in between. The lights are on. This is author Crystal Rose, and you are listening to The Statement Show with Terry and Zach. This is Jackie Joy, and you are listening to the hottest podcast around, The Statement Show, with Terry James and Zach Jakey. You know what's your name, man, Dan Drops. I'm here for The Statement Show. The Statement Show's here for me. Hi, this is your naughty lifestyle expert, Sienna Sinclair, and you're listening to The Statement Show. Welcome back to another episode of The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. And I'm Zach Chahi, and we're the podcast that fits a no category. Today, we talk about the recent sale of Lucasfilms, the upcoming presidential election, and our interview with author and naughty lifestyle expert, Sienna Sinclair. But first, we wanted to talk about Hurricane Sandy and the devastation she kind of left in her path there, Zach. Yeah, obviously we played a little clip there of uh, Obama kind of going into his little speech there right before the storm. Kind of a serious weather situation we had. Uh, We're out of Maryland in the Pennsylvania area, and it hit us pretty hard. We're talking tree branches, and if you stayed in your house, you didn't really have any major issues. Yeah, like a few, uh, you know, few streams that over overflowed or something like that. Maybe a few shingles off some houses around here, but. Nowhere near the level of uh, Jersey and New York, that's for sure. Yeah, what they got was crazy. You see, I saw the news stories there where they shut the subways down and they were just full of water. Basically like huge aquariums, you know, just tubes yeah. full of water in the whole city. So the subway was submerged. But from the looks of it, Stanton Island, man, they got hammered. Yeah, they're still saying that uh, Sandy knocked out gas lines and electricity and still some 2.4 million have no power. For a fifth straight day, that's that's in, that's incredible. Let's face it, a lot of these businesses in New York City, um, a lot of the homes, they have generators, but they're nowhere prepared to run power in a generator for a week, two weeks, whatever. Uh, I watched a video with Stan- with the with the people on Staten Island and their houses being destroyed, and it's just devastating. They've got nothing, and they don't have it. The cold weather's hit; they're not prepared for cold weather. Um, and now they're talking about this nor'easter coming on Wednesday. Yeah, so what's the story with the Nor'easter? I haven't really been paying attention to that. You know, I think, well, that's just it. They're talking about an our area of snow, but for their area, it looks to be a lot of rain and <laughs> snow. Or, You know, that's just it. They're kind of up in the air on it a little bit right now, but it certainly looks like it's coming, and that's just the least thing they need right now. I mean, for any of us here on the East Coast, but, you know, specifically in that area, because... You know, they're, they are still dealing with a lot. I mean, the pictures of these people just standing there with gas cans and hour and a half, two hour lines of I'm hoping that they could get gas, just be told that that gas station's out of gas and they have to go to the next one. And then, yeah, you know, gas station's being guarded by the police. Right. That's just awful. You know, I, I hate to sound awful here, but you know, you think about that in third world countries and then you look at it in America and you're, that, that can't happen here, but it certainly is happening here. It's pretty devastating. I couldn't imagine after standing or drive up and get in line to wait hours and hours to get gas only to find out when you get close to the front they run out awful we have our our website is hosted by squarespace which is a great company we find it to be a great tool and and avenue to kind of express yourself and they've got a great service uh they're not not a sponsor you can click on our website at thestatementshow.com and they have a link there that you can go to that could Create your own website, and I, I really think everybody should try it. It's a really, really great tool. They allow you to try a website for free. I think, what is it, seven days, like a trial kind of thing. You can build it and see what mm-hmm. it looks like. You don't ever have to even put a credit card in. I urge everybody to go try it. 
But what I really like about them is the fact that they're based out of New York and they lost power uh, or they were losing power. Their generators are all in the basement of their building got flooded with the water. They sent out an email telling everybody basically they were going to do the best they could, but it looked like they were going to go down. They never did because they have one generator on the roof of the building and they created a man chain going all the way up to the top where people just handed each other gas cans and they kept that generator going. Me, myself, I could have understood, you know, I understand weather weather conditions, things of this nature. This is uh, one of those situations where you you, you, you kind of understand that the website's going to go down. This is not the important issue here. Sure. People need food. People need gas, that kind of thing. So these are the important issues. But it just kind of shows you what kind of company, what lengths they're willing to do to keep you online, to keep – because some people, they have – there are essential services – now I'm not saying that they, you know, they do the Red Cross or anything. I, I don't know if they do, but could you imagine if there are, are sites like that that they that they, you know, host? So sure. sometimes, you know, people run businesses. It's a day to day operation, so it's important to make sure you have something reliable. So the will- they were willing to go through those links to keep seven hours worth of gas in a generator to keep their servers going. I, I think that's pretty respectable. So. Yeah, you would you would never think that somebody would go to that length, but I mean, it it certainly says something not only about Squarespace, but the people up in New York. Obviously, they've been through a lot, mm-hmm. and they they certainly know how to deal with the devastation and, and disasters. Um, they, you know, I've I've been up to New York a few times. I mean, I have no affiliation nor family up there, but I can only tell you that the that those those guys up there in that New York, New Jersey area, they're they're a whole different breed up there. They know how to handle these things, and if if there is an area in the United States that can well, handle it, we we definitely know that that area. I can guess handle. I mean I kind of I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I mean, obviously, you, like you said, you know how, they know how to handle some, certain things. This they're like. Uh, New Jersey, Stanton Island, New York City, they don't know how to handle this kind of a situation weather-wise because they've never – this hasn't happened in like almost – I believe what they said was almost 100 years. This is like – we're getting these 100-year storms every year now it seems like. you know They keep talking about how we haven't had one like this. you know This one here, I believe they said we've never even had – they don't have anything recorded in the books this big. How such a, you know, how to encompass such a wide area at one time. It was a very scary situation. They make well, this sound like this is the end of the world. I mean, on the news, news companies, this is all they talked about. They just 24-7, the Frankenstorm, you know, right. in a way, they kind of, they overdo it. Well, by handle it, I don't necessarily mean that they know how to, you know, to know exactly what to do per se. But what I mean is, in other words, if this area... In other words, if the D.C. area would have got hit with this same mess, we would have bawled around and cried around about it because that's what we do in this sure. area. I mean, yeah, right. We don't like, handle, if, don't if handle we, the storm area. If we year. get six inches of snow, we're crying about it. You know, people are wrecking and carrying <laughs> on around here because that's what we do. Yeah. And that's how we are. What I mean by handling it is not necessarily – I don't think anyone can handle that much water. I don't necessarily mean can they – you know, that what I mean is they can overcome and they can – you know, if you remember correctly there a few years back when we got those two blizzards back and back to back, much of eastern coast area here got those same storms and, you know, uh, you know, New York also got those if you oh, remember sure, correctly. Sure. But you know what? They seem to deal with it. But you remember us. We were – we were the, you know, in this area, we were bawling around and crying around about it, you know, like it was the people worst drive, thing ever. People around here drive crazy, and if you have a big four-wheel drive, they act as though that's going to get them through anything. Usually, mm-hmm. the funny, the ironic part is you see those vehicles are off the side of the road half the time because they went too fast. Well, mine wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> if well, you know, you take you, when you grow up around these kind of storms and you grow up around, you know, a real winter, you kind of learn how to drive and slow and steady. That's how they always say, you know, slow and steady wins the race, kind of thing. So that's the best advice I give anybody is just go slow. You know, rain, wind, storms, everything. We were through that last storm. Me, me, and you both in a situation where you were driving through that last big one we had out exactly. here back in the summer. Trees looked like they were being, you know. Coming out of the roots, it literally felt like, you know, we were in the storm of the century. So we both decided that this time around, (laughs) no way were we driving in this. So it's just it's not worth it. You know, if you have a storm like this, you've got to just hunker down in your house. And obviously, if you're in an area like Stanton Island, New Jersey and these places, you need if they tell you to get out, you got to heed their advice. Nobody wants to leave your your possessions behind. But. Your life is the most important thing. Things can be reaccumulated, you know. Right. Houses can be rebuilt. But if you're dead, 
that's it. You're done. So. I can I can understand. I mean, I. <sighs> I guess on the on the New Jersey side where, you know, say like on that Jersey Shore area, many of them have cars. But in New York City, a lot of people don't have cars. You know, I don't I don't know if they honestly thought that it was going to be that bad. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the news has a way of blowing up everything. It just has that way, you know, in our area that we constantly have. Oh, we'll expect eight or nine or ten inches of snow and we get two inches or you know, expect one or two inches and we get eight or nine or 10 inches. So the, the media kind of sort of blows everything in a whole other story. I mean, it just, it just, it just kind of is irritating because, you know, e- even when you and I were sitting there talking before the storm came, we were going, is this just hype or is it for real? We had the ability to, you know, to kind of make that decision. But with those guys up there being on the coast, they didn't really have that ability to say that. They either said, okay, I'm going to leave or I'm going to stay. And I, I don't know that they thought that it was going to be that bad. I mean, it's real easy for us to sit back in hindsight and go, why didn't they leave? Why didn't they go? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Well, who really knew it was going to be that bad? I mean, I mean, sure, they were telling you that, but it's you hear this kind of stuff all the time because sometimes the the news, this is a news story and all the time they have a tendency to run away with these stories because it's good ratings and they keep talking about it. And it's like, this is the coverage for now. So after a while you get to the point, because like We've we've had st- major storms come up before. Now, not quite like this. You know, when you have storms come up, you know, sometimes the weather people make it sound like the end of the world, and it's nothing. It literally was just you know a little rainstorm, and and people got through it just fine. So I think some people kind of get it. They were hoping this was going to be one of those situations where maybe it just blows back out the sea, but it didn't. This is where you know everybody always gets on me about the technology thing. Like sometimes you're always telling me how I look at the tech side of things. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where I'm going to say, look. Technology saved a lot of lives because think about had we no forewarning. The technology, we have the technology now to be able to tell this, the storm was coming way ahead of time. We had plenty of time to prepare for this storm and respect this technology. It, it really helped a lot of people. People had cell phones this time. I think a lot of calls got through this time. I mean, cell phone service continued. I was lucky. We didn't lose power at all. Nor did no, we. No leakage in our roof, no car damage, no yard damage. I mean, we, we went through this one unscathed. And to be honest with you, we slept through the night and that was pretty much it. Right. So I didn't really right. have much anything else to worry about. So, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned, like with you being on the tech side, obviously anybody that listens to the show knows that you do the tech and I kind of gravitate towards the sports side. And there is that sports side of everything because now the New York City Marathon was canceled and Several games, uh, basketball, whatever we're, we're talking here, you know, they've been canceled. And now, you know, with football, they were they were getting a little pissy with them as well because they were saying, well, should the Giants really be playing today? Uh, you know, that's in the, in, in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there there's just that, that limitation there. You know, you have the one side. Are they going to play? Right, well, yes, yes, they're going to play. You have you have some people, you know, that are going to look at that and go. Man, we still have people without water, without electricity, without without a home. And then, you know, you got other people going, we have to find some ways to get past it. We, you know, if for nothing else, these three hours, we can forget about that. We can forget about that. And I get it. I understand both sides. I really do. And obviously As far as the New York being, City, as far as as far as the race. Um, the marathon, right, right. Yeah. I that really, was it, going through some took, areas that were really bad. Well, it that starts really in the most devastated areas right. in Island. <laughs> so I, I certainly understand them not doing that. And what pisses them off, and I have to agree, is the fact that for this race, they have an area that was fenced off. They have generators, right. porta-potties sitting there not being used that are there for the race. For the race, right. And I'm like, there are people hurting right now, and you have resources locked up right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I, I the fun, such bad taste. It's so bad. As it's usual, so- as usual, as in politics, they wait until the outcry happens before somebody actually does anything. Though they were going to have that race, don't sure you believe they were, were going to cancel that race? They were. They only canceled it because of the public outcry. Of course, because you got people coming from around the world for this race. They they interviewed people from Africa, Australia. You know, England, they had all kinds of people that come here year after year to do this race. They've been training all year long for this race. I can understand them being upset, but they do have to understand that circumstances here that are a little bit more higher of a priority. So it certainly looks like there's a lot of people that are that are donating. I know Verizon's pledging to match and obviously they've had 
several telethons. Um, exactly. There's something on the Red Cross. Uh, if you if you did want to donate uh, ten dollars to the Red Cross, you could text Red Cross to nine zero nine nine nine. Now let me ask you, where did you where did you get that text number? That's actually off the redcross.org website. And what's the text number again? It is nine zero nine nine nine, and you can donate ten dollars to the and Red Cross. That just Cross. goes on your that just sends it on your phone bill, right? That is correct. Okay. This is one thing I do want to tell everybody, and if, if anything you learn from natural disasters, you do learn the dark side of people. Mm-hmm. Scammers, man. I, I'm going to tell you right now, they come out of the woodwork for everything, and they come out at the worst possible time. And this is one of those times where you get a lot of scammers. If you want to donate money, go to the website yourself. Don't open links in your email. Don't have people phone calling you, and don't. Give the people, like, if they come to your door saying they're from the Red Cross, that's not going to happen, first of all. They don't do that. But if they do, if you think have any doubts, ask for IDs. It's always going to be something that looks very official, laminated from the company. It should say their seal on it and who they are, the whole nine yards. Go to their website if you want to give. Don't open a link and don't take any, like, uh, spam that comes your way. Any phone calls. Don't just tell them you'll go to the website and give. If they argue with you, then... Obviously, something's not right because they should be fine with you doing that. So always go to the website yourself. Donate that way. Um, the text number Terry just gave you, that's from the website. That's a legitimate thing. Don't take our word for it. Go check it yourself if you want to go Absolutely. to the website. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. You have to You have to err on the side of caution on these things because just like Zach said, people people are just crazy the, at this time. It's, the best part of people come out, but also, unfortunately, the worst part of people come out. Sure, sure. Because I saw it 9-11 as well. Mm. I know. I know. We could talk about this all day. Mm-hmm. Again, remember text Red Cross nine zero nine nine nine, and we'll try to get back to this subject. Obviously, on another show, you know, we'll kind we'll of we'll talk about the aftermath. Yes, and some certainly, of the- definitely take yeah. care of uh, a lot of the aftermath. But um, also, Zach, this week the recent sale of Lucas Films. I know that this is something that that is definitely on your mind, and uh, I know you were you were very eager to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, I. I'm a big fan of George Lucas. To me, he's one of these iconic figures who has kind of come from, he's kind of cut from the same cloth as the Steve Jobs, the, and I'm not an Apple fan by any means. I don't use Apple nothing. I'm Android, I'm PC, I'm, but I can respect what the man has accomplished. You know, he's a true visionary for the company. It's obvious when the company was going down, he brought the company back up. George Lucas is one of these types of people, and he's a Walt Disney. Uh, he, you know, Walt Disney was the same way. He grew an empire from nothing, just like George Lucas grew an empire from nothing. I kind of, I've always loved uh, people of these stature. I watch documentaries all the time. You know, George Lucas cultivated these films, and every decision ever made about these films goes through him. The final word has always been with George Lucas. And unfortunately, with the last three Star Wars movies, which I'm not gonna, I'm, I love the Star Wars movies. The franchise is great. I love every Star Wars movie. Kind of like a, 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 a sci-fi person. I can also see the bad points. Nobody liked Jar Jar Binks. I didn't like him either. Right. It was campy, dumb, and that comes from the downside of all the decisions coming through one person. He just, it comes to a point in time where you need some fresh thinking. There are people out there who are capable of doing a job and doing it well and giving it a fresh perspective. And you need more people to have kind of that take on the film to give it a little bit more of an outlook as far as like a little bit more of a story and maybe to have less of that campy Jar Jar Binks kind of, uh, you know, thing going on because <laughs> people right. don't like that at all. But he's ready to retire. He wants to take a good portion of his money, and they're saying, like, majority of his wealth, and he wants to be a philanthropist, and he wants to support education. He gives to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. In 2006, he gave it to his alma mater, uh, USC. He gave them $175 million. He gave money to the Stand Up to Cancer, gives money to Make-A-Wish Foundation. This deal is going to get him $4.05 billion, okay? And he's getting this from Disney. We have a clip here. I'm going to play a clip for you. Uh, this, uh, this is the CEO of Walt Disney. He's going to give you a little bit. He's telling you a little bit about uh, some of the films coming out uh, in 2015. The, they're they're going to have another film come out, Episode 7. There's another three Star Wars movies coming out. Listen to what he has to say, and then we'll get back to you in a minute. Today, I am proud to announce the Walt Disney Company is acquiring Lucasfilm, the global entertainment company founded by George Lucas, 
and the home of the legendary Star Wars franchise. In addition to getting the rights to one of the greatest family franchises and epic stories of all time, Disney is also acquiring all of Lucasfilm's operating businesses, including Industrial Light and Magic and Skywalker Sound. George Lucas is a true visionary and an innovative epic storyteller who has defined modern filmmaking with unforgettable characters and amazing stories. And this gives Disney infinite inspiration and opportunities to continue the epic Star Wars saga. Fans can expect a new feature film, Star Wars Episode Seven, in theaters worldwide in 2015. And there will be more feature films, as well as consumer products, television projects, games, and theme park attractions. So you heard Iger. He basically said there's three more movies coming out. There's plenty, there's plenty of information out there as far as how much money he got. But for the most part, as far as I know, George Lucas is getting half stock in Disney, which is what he's calling his retirement fund. Right. We're going to play a clip here also from George Lucas in a minute here. But basically, it's gonna, he's, he's retiring. He wants to hand this over to somebody else. Capable hands as far as Disney goes. It's obvious. I mean, he's got... Star Tours at Disney World. He's got his Indiana Jones franchise. He's got a big attraction at Disney World as far as the Indiana Jones experience, which I think was fabulous. Everybody sure. loves Star Tours at MGM. Sure. So I guess it's Hollywood Studios now because they don't call it MGM anymore. <laughs> but if you look at Disney as a whole, they bought the Marvel franchise. They have Lucasfilm now. They have that Star Wars. Now, the, the, the ironic part is I haven't heard him mention anything about like Indiana Jones. So I don't know if that's... He said they bought, they didn't just buy, you know, like the film, Star Wars. They bought everything. That's ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. That's Lucas Films. That's everything. He's unloaded everything for $4.5 billion. And I know you were saying that, that, you know, he just wanted to retire. But let me ask you this. His last film, Red Tails, uh, if you saw that, uh, which was obviously the, the story that he I told didn't... of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Well, he actually acknowledged in an interview that he barely got Red Tails into the theaters. And the ones that he's working on now, that he will never get into the theaters. Those were his exact words. Those are his quotes. How do you put that across? Because I really didn't see that. But is it was it because they resistance to the... Th- see, that's just it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, are we, are we looking at a point where he's kind of... Ex- and I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Do you feel that because with Disney backing him that he's going to have a, I mean, obviously they're not George backing Lucas, him. They're taking it well, over. Right. Well, so, well, you know what I mean? I mean, George, he's Luke, a consultant uh, for the movies, by the way. I do want to say that he's not totally out. He is going to be a consultant for the Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies. That's part of this money. I'm assuming as far I, as like retiring, he just wants to, it's time to settle down. The man's like 65 years old, I believe, uh, somewhere so, in his 60. So I think okay. it's 60. Many people at 65 years old are still going. I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, just because you're 65 doesn't mean you retire. You can still keep going on and on and on. I mean, sure, sure. It, has he lost a little bit of his, his luster, so to speak? Or, I mean, has he finally gotten it through his head that maybe he kind of needs to take a back seat to some things? I mean, it, it, I think, I, I think I personally he's just tired. And, I mean, he kind of comes across that way. I'm tired. I, I'm ready to hand the reins over to somebody else and, he did. He there was a woman he's uh, put in place. I'm not familiar with her name right now, but um, there is a woman he put in place. He's kind of taken the films to the next level. Kathy Kennedy. Yeah, there you go. And then the gatekeepers of the franchise, as well as all of his companies, is Disney. And this is the one company he's always been impressed with. He always loved Disney. He says that in the speech, and uh, I'll play. We'll be playing a little bit of that for you here in a little bit, but I agree. I, I think Disney's probably the one place that that, that will take care of this product. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's not a he's not sure, a damn sure. idiot. I mean, he's he's picked probably the most marketable. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to market the shit out of, of Star Wars like crazy. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he he created something. I mean, obviously, when Star Wars came back, came out in the 70s, there was nothing like it. There were the, the special effects were new. There wasn't any Matrix or Superman. There right. was no movies that had these kind of effects. So he had the vision to know he had to start a company to create effects that didn't exist, get the people together that were only doing commercials that didn't work for any company like this before. So he he started this industry. He didn't just people have to understand it's not just Star Wars. He created the industry as a whole as far as having these special effects and the companies and how you do these things to make them affordable for other films. So I think as far as special effects go, the biggest problem we have today in the movies 
It's the fact that they use too much at times and it's less story and too many effects and it goes that way. I've heard that was what was the problem with Green Lantern. I didn't see it because usually I don't take like one person's opinion to kind of sway me. But I've heard so many people trash that movie and it to me just looking at the reviews and just looking at the picture, you know, like the trailer, it looks campy. It looks like it's nothing but CG. Mm -hmm. So the story suffers, in my opinion, and that's the problem with a lot of movies today i think they focus on getting these great effects which is not a bad thing but they allow it to do too much of the storytelling you have to have a good script first and the first three star wars movies they're based on a scenario where there's the good the bad there's the antagonist there's you know there's there's a structure there there's a story and that's always been his goal is to have the story be good and have the effects come to help tell the story but not be the story so it's always been that way. When the last three came out, I think part of the reason people looked at it differently is, number one, you're never going to look at any Star Wars movies like the, the first three. Right. When you look at the next three movies, you kind of – something changes because they're so good looking. Part of the old Star Wars movies had that little bit of campiness about it as far as you could tell. It, it looked great. There was cool effects, but it wasn't overdone. Where this one, worlds were created out of nowhere and – it looked fantastic, but in the same respect, you knew it wasn't real, so it was like overdone in some ways, in my opinion. And I think maybe that was kind of the, the problem. But anyway, we'll play a little clip from George Lucas. Be back in a minute. I've been a big fan of Disney all my life, you know, from when I was born. First day at Disneyland, loved Disney movies. Uh, got very involved with Disney in the 80s and uh, working in the park. And I've always had a fondness for Disney. At the same time, as I've gone through my career, I realized at some point I needed to retire and I wanted to go on and do other things, things in philanthropy and doing more experimental kind of films, but I couldn't really drag my company into that. And uh, I felt it was time for me to uh, start thinking about retiring and I've been doing that for the last uh, four years. Uh, and one of the most important uh, shifts that I had was I found Kathy Kennedy, who I'd been working with for 40 years, uh, and asked her if she wanted to come and be a co-chairman with me and get ready to take over the company and take over the franchise and do everything. And once that piece was in place, I knew then I could step away and actually retire. Uh, the final block in that would, was to um, find a good, solid home for the company. And um, the first place I thought was uh, Disney. Um, they're large enough and the match of what our two companies are is just perfect because we're like a mini Disney. We have the same kind of operations. We do the same kind of thing. And I've worked with Disney over the years and I know how they operate. So it was a perfect match of two companies that are uh, constructed similarly, do the same kind of product. And um, I think uh, we'll, you know, it'll give me a chance to go off and explore my own interests at the same time, feel completely confident that Disney, uh, you know, will take good care of the franchise I've built. And um, at the same time, you know, for me, I look at it as uh, uh, I'm investing in Disney because that's my retirement fund. The future Star Wars films, uh, Kathy and I have been working on future Star Wars films. And uh, the main reason I brought Kathy on is rather than quit, I wanted to have it move forward, but I needed somebody I trusted who could take that franchise and make it work the way I intended it to. So once Kathy came on board, we started working with writers and started working uh, on all the processes of doing the films. Um, so we've you know got a plan for uh, seven, eight, and nine, which are the, is the, the end of the trilogy, and um, other films also. So uh, we have a, you know, a large group of ideas and characters and books and all kinds of things. We could go on making Star Wars for the next hundred years. All right, so that was George Lucas. We played a little clip of that. I think maybe it's time that we move on. We're going to talk a little bit about the presidential elections here because it's a big story coming up. Obviously, we're recording on Sunday, by the way. So the the elections are coming up on Tuesday. My vote, um, I'm, I, it has been a secret. I voted for Obama the last time because um, he just had that special something that I thought was what we needed. 
Mm-hmm. McCain, in my opinion, felt like he had this old thinking. But in my opinion, I think Romney, he's a gifted speaker. He's well, uh, he, he did very well in the debates. If people say the debates don't help people make up their mind, they're crazy. I, it made up my mind. Uh, he did a fantastic job in the debates. He didn't back down. The problem is they're so rehearsed. You don't, you're not seeing, you know, part of it, in my opinion, you're not seeing the person. You're seeing what they want you to see. Right. You're kind of seeing what they, what they've learned, uh, in their, in their debate camps and, <laughs> I mean, and all the other Let's things. face it. I mean, look, look at Romney ran right over Obama in that, that mm-hmm. first, um, debate. He did fantastic. Right. And when he, when they came out of there, um, people were like, where was the president? He didn't show up. He was there, but he didn't, he didn't pay attention, didn't look up. He wasn't engaging. People were really surprised. They just didn't expect that to happen. So, well, I then think, the vice presidential debate came on, and everybody was, and it went the, it went so, went it, completely it, opposite, right? But it backfired, in my opinion, on them because it made them basically look like, okay, well, now we got to make up for what Obama didn't do. So now we have to interrupt all the time, act rude, because that's exactly what Biden did. Biden, in my opinion, I, I don't like him at all. If and I like Obama, don't get me wrong, but I think his biggest crutch is Biden. Biden's continually getting him into trouble as far as things that come out of his mouth. He's always speaking from the hip, in my opinion. He just He's always saying things to get him into trouble. This time, he just came off like a bully, like he was rude, and Ryan did the exact thing he should have done. He basically just didn't engage in that that rudeness. He didn't cut – I'm not saying – there were a few times he did kind of cut in, but – But that's kind of what Romney was doing. It, yeah, exactly. In the present – so, I mean, it was – But it doesn't come off that way. It does not come off it, – it, like, when you watch the second debate with the VPs, when – after a while, you notice it just seems like he's doing it because they told him to. That's very possible. So, it was all rehearsed. And that's why I think people. But there was a lot of crying about it. I mean, that he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been interrupted. I mean, it's a fucking debate. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to go would, back and forth. That's the whole concept of a debate. But you know, he, but the problem is everybody knew he was going to do it. It's different when it comes in and it's, wow, it, you, you know, you look at it from a perspective of it was fresh. You didn't expect this, but everybody knew what he was going to do ahead of time. They knew this is how he was going to act because he had to make up for what Obama didn't do in the first one. So it's kind of like, you know, this isn't the real Biden because he had all these people coaching and rehearsing for him. And, you know, they spend days and, and days strategizing on how this is going to go. So that's why, in my opinion, people look at like the debates like maybe they don't really, you know, form everybody's opinion. It does for me because I think the first one was probably the best one. I, I like Romney, but I don't do any campaigning or anything and. I like the fact that we can, you know, we have a free country. We can vote for whoever we want. And this is going to be a tight, tight race. It's going to come down. The funny part is to watch the spectacle on the news because they always want to be the first ones to call it. And if you've noticed the last, what, two or three elections, they fuck it up every time. Yeah. Because ahead of themselves trying to get out the story first that they don't report the actual news. We will be lucky to know anything by midnight that night, if not the next day or two or three. I mean, it's just going to be one of those damn things where it's going to be so close and so ass backwards. They'll find a way, like you said, to fuck everything up. That's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, it it certainly seems that it's one of those deals right now where it's certain states that, I mean, I know like when you and I were talking right before we went on air, at, at least as, as of this recording on Sunday, uh, Obama had a slight lead, but you know, that could go. That's in, in one any, state to the next. That's, that's the thing. They keep talking about these leads. They're not, they're basically from what most people are, from what I'm hearing from most people, they're in a dead heat. So like you're from Pennsylvania and you said yourself, you barely see any signs that are supporting Obama. Well, that's my area. And in my area before, I know when I went to vote the last time, I specifically was in line with people and I heard many of them saying that they weren't going to vote for Obama. And in, in my area, the newspaper came out. I believe it was the day after or two days after each county or, you know, each city or whatever, each borough, I guess. And it said who each vote, who each county or each borough voted for. And mm-hmm. in my area, uh, Obama actually did not win my area, but yet won Pennsylvania. Have you decided? Are you going to go vote? I probably will. Yes. Are you on uh, the undecided list right now? Yeah, I would definitely say that I'm very undecided at this point. So you're kind of one of these guys that, you know, you literally you're right there before you did make your decision. Exactly. I know who. I think I'm going to vote for, if that makes I mean, I'm like on that 5149 type. You so know, you're going to let me type. be the only one to put it out there who I'm for. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. I can tell you 
who I think is going to win. Oh, that's that's not right. Because you're not saying who you support. Like, I'm saying who I support. You're just saying who you think is going to win. This way you can kind of hide behind that. <laughs> uh, there is no hiding. I can I, – because I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. It's obvious. I mean, he's got the presidency to back him up. It's very hard to beat a sitting president. It's very rare that it even happens. The last time president has been defeated was Bill Clinton against George Bush Sr. And therefore, that's why I think he's going to win. So this is not a typical race. Our economy is in a much different state. And whenever the economy is hurting and whenever an unemployment rate is so high, that's usually when a sitting president loses. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm definitely for Romney. I, I do like what he stands for. But I'm not against Obama either. So that's the thing. Even though I vote one way, it doesn't mean I hate another person. I'm not going to be like terribly disappointed if Obama wins. Right. I just you just have to wait and see how it goes. So, you know, I think it would be so much easier if I had, you know, what, you know, I, I don't have those blinders on, you know, and there's many people that aren't voting for the right reason or mm-hmm. they're voting people for the wrong reason, should I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know who those people are. I mean, if you're if you're not going to vote for Obama because he's black or if you're going to vote for Mitt Romney just because he's white, then. Look, those man, aren't the right reasons. These is completely the most ignorant reasons to, to vote for someone. If you want to vote for someone, you know, because he stands for this or he beca- because he stands for that, that's, that's be an understandable. Issues. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the only way we're going to we're going to go forward in this country. So therefore, I have obviously been listening to the debates and I've listened to several things on CNN, but I want to make my own decision. I want to know that I'm voting for a person because of the reasons that I want to, which is which is the great part about the United States. Zach, you can vote for whoever you want because, you know, let's just say for for Romney's sake, because it, you said you that's who you were voting for. Maybe you like one thing that Romney, it, maybe it's a defense thing or maybe it's a whatever. You know, if that is something that's true and, and dear and near to your heart, then that's what that's who you deserve to vote for. You have Not, to pick you have to pick what. I mean, everybody looks at the presidential race. You have to kind of pick the guy that speaks to you as far as what you care about. You're not going to understand all the issues. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand half of the economics and I don't understand half the spending cuts or anything about Medicare. I'm not old enough for the Medicare thing to really bother me. I don't understand enough about it. Someday it will. For me to understand truly about topics, you have to kind of look at what, like, I like technology. I have to look about what they're going to do with the internet tax. Are they going to create a national tax or go by the state? I look at those kind of things and I look at things that I care about. And that's what I think most people do. They try to look at things they care about and see, well, what does he stand for? You know, it just seemed like you'll hear people say it all. Well, you know, I think I don't know if Obama got voted in for the right reasons the last time. I, I really don't know if he did. I don't know if he got voted in because was he the right choice or just because this is what everybody wanted to see? You know, this would be really cool to be part of this election. This would be great. This would be great. Now, this time when he wins, there's no excuses. He's going to be voted in yeah. because <clears throat> he's the right person. You like what it's Obama did. He's got to stand behind his record for absolutely. the last four years. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is there is absolutely no excuses here. You know, don't you know, if you're a female, you're voting for you know, Mitt Romney because he has a nice ass or whatever. That's it's fucking stupid. Or Ryan's you know? got good guns on. Right. Him. Oh, I mean, he, yeah. he looks good. You know, vote. When you look I, at a lot of the tweets that people, a lot of women were doing during their debate, that was basically what most women were talking about. You know, and, yeah, and that's what I mean. If you're going to be female and you're going to sit around and say, "Oh, well, I bet he looks good at without a shirt," that's dumb. It's just dumb. I just you vote for somebody because. That's who you feel is the right candidate for the job. Absolutely. And that's that's why I'm taking my time and really, really thinking about it. You really are taking your time, man. It's coming up. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The, the crazy part is last year or the last time I voted, I actually walked to the polling station because I still wasn't sure who I wanted to vote for. I, I walked and thought about everything and it was just really up in the air, which is obviously one of the main, you know, like you and I were talking before. It was a lot closer last time than what people gave it credit for. I mean, a lot of people just thought that it was such this huge runaway by Obama, but really it wasn't. 
It, no, it was it, it, there was this mis- misconception that this was some kind of landslide victory for him. It wasn't. McCain did not lose by that big of a margin. So most people need to understand that you have to stand by your record. I think the time where you're going to see the biggest you know decision made, obviously with the presidential election, you're, if he doesn't win, you can't say it's because of you know oh you know people were raised. It he's got to stand behind his his last four years. So people are making an educated guess on who they think is the right choice for this country to take us and lead us on to the next four years. I think it's Romney. But like I said before, I'm not entirely disappointed if it's Obama. I don't think he's doing that bad of a job now. It's just there's certain things that I like about Romney, and I feel he might do a better job. Everybody needs to decide for themselves, but the most importantly is you need to go vote. Exactly. So that's my biggest thing to anybody. Vote for who you want to vote for. Have your own opinion. Form your own opinion. But don't let anybody else sway you towards somebody because that's what they like. You need to make up your own mind. And most definitely, you just need to get out there and vote. And uh, obviously, the next show, we'll talk about who won and what we think about what was going on and some of this. Because, you, I mean, let's face it. We already know there's going to be crap with the damn media. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway. Okay, before we actually move on to our interview with Sienna Sinclair, let me ask you this, Zach. I know who you're voting for. Who do you think is going to win? Mitt Romney. You 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 actually think yeah, he's going to win? Yeah, Mitt Romney's the next president of the United States. All right, so I'm calling Barack. Okay, so, you're calling Barack, so, but you ain't saying that's who you're voting for. I'm saying I'm calling Barack. Okay, okay. But that is uh, you heard it, I, everybody. He's taking the coward's way out. He's not going to let am, us know who he's voting for. So. I am taking the super duper coward's way out right okay. now. But I will say, I think Barack Obama is going to win. But we can say this. It's pretty obvious. We're, we're bringing up this interview with uh, Sienna Sinclair. She came out with a book. It's called The Naughty Girl's Guide to L.A. And we can say this. It's not likely you'll see Obama or Mitt Romney taking this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we put this interview together for you. So go ahead and give it a listen. But before we do, Zach, I want to talk about Audible.com. That's right. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 100,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and more. Audible titles play on the iPhone, the Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. That's right. For you, the listeners of the Statement Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Man, that's free. Not too, not too many things are free anymore. Uh, minimal. Minimal things that are free. So they're willing to give you 30 days. That's 30% off of titles beyond the book that they give you. That's free podcast of the Wall Street Journal. There's something for everybody. It's great for commuting. I'm actually listening to Kevin Smith's book called Tough Shit right now, and it is a fantastic book. I love it. It's kind of like his podcast, only like in a long form, isn't it? Yeah, well, well, it, what it is is <laughs> here's here's the great part about it. He kind of goes from the beginning of his career with Jay and Silent Bob, with Clerks, all the he, – he goes through everything. He talks about the directors, the producers, and everything. Then at this point right now, I'm at a point right now where I've just listened to – uh, the movie Cop Out, because he, he obviously... Oh, with Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis, and I was as uh, Tracy... Tracy Morgan? Morgan? Tracy Morgan, right. Okay, well, he has a story in there about Bruce Willis that is some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to ruin it, but basically Bruce Willis is not who you think Bruce Willis really is. I mean, he there's not a lot of flattering things that he says about Bruce Willis in this. So you must listen to this. It is a fantastic book. Does he talk about BWT, Bruce Willis time? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he talks about how great Tracy was in the movie. You know, it's it's, it's one of those. It just goes beyond everything. He talks about uh, Har- Harvey Weinstein. Now he's at a point right now where he's talking about his podcast. Um, he, he's hit to that level and how he tours around and then the Jay and Silent Bob a podcast that he does uh, with his partner. So this is kind of like a, how his career, how he basically got started and what's up to right now. And exactly. I'm telling you, it is a fantastic read or or should I listen to, should I say? Oh yeah. Great for commuting. Like I told everybody. And that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. I have a a long commute. We, you know, we both know that I have over an hour long commute. You know, it gets old listening to the radio. It gets old listening to the same CDs. I don't care how many MP3s you have. I don't care what, what you have. It gets old. So, this book was something that 
that I actually got with the 30 day free trial and will probably keep Audible Doc. I'll, I'll probably keep it. You know, I'll keep it with the subscription and everything. I, I love it. I so fantastic. I know that they have like you and I were talking. They have several other books that are going on right now. I mean, if you go on to Audible.com and check it out. Their book selections. I, I know that they have the was it the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. They have <laughs> yeah. that whole that whole thing, that whole trilogy of books. Um, well, I'm uh, listening but, to Adam Carolla's not Taco Bell material, and I'll get into that the next the next show. But uh, one of the things that I I tried here when I after I got that book is I went on to see like the pricing and the uh, discount they give you when you just want to buy other audiobooks, You know. Nobody really wants to wait. Sometimes they want to listen to more than one a month. And I suggested anybody go ahead and do that because their pricing structure is fantastic. 30% exactly. off as a member. So right. take advantage of it. My daughter loves Goosebumps and they have plenty of Goosebumps books to you know pick from. So I'm going to have my daughter listening to audiobooks and she likes to listen to those when she goes to bed. There's plenty out there. So one more time, Terry, let, it, let our listeners know what Audible is willing to do for them. At this point, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. I mean, like you said, there's not a lot going on for free these days. And when I say free, it's free. The book that I downloaded, 100% free. Put your credit card, do your thing, go from there. It's an it's an amazing service. I think you guys are going to love it. And what do you have to lose? So that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Statement Show. Or you can go to www.thestatementshow.com and click on the banner ad. All right, everybody, let's get to this interview. On the phone, we have Sienna Sinclair. How are you this morning, or this evening, should I say, Sienna? I'm doing good. 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 Um, hey, we were actually, first of all, I guess we should say thank you to Troy from your agency. He was nothing but uh, fantastic in lining this interview up for us. So, first of all, I, I, we did kind of just want to say thank you for him uh, doing that for us. And he kind of sent over a little bio uh, about yourself in quite impressive, should I say. I have my very own social network at CianaSinclairSocial.com. Okay, is this kind of like a Facebook kind of thing? Is it only for like the adult industry, or is it kind of open for everybody to go into? It's for everybody. It's for all things naughty. So if you're interested in pinup, like sexy pinup, glamour, fetish, erotic stories, just anything naughty is what people talk about on this. And share photos, you know, some of it. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been in the industry? I've been in the adult industry for over seven years now. Gosh. I talk about myself so much, sometimes I get tired of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Exactly. I'm like, what do I say that's interesting again? <laughs> no. But I've been in it for over seven years, and I started out as a dancer or a stripper at Scores in New York, and I worked at Vegas at Irma Rhino, and then that kind of you know, led me into the adult industry, and I decided to do my own website and to take charge and to do my own thing. So I do all my own content. It's exclusive for my website at tinasinclair.com. And as I got more into it, that's when I got into the sex coaching and the book writing and, you know, all things naughty, because my whole life is naughty stuff. Yeah, we, we actually saw that you do uh, naughty tours of Los Angeles. That that sounds rather interesting. Could you uh, Could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I was the first one to do naughty tours of LA until um, LA porn tours came along. But we're completely different with what we do. But my tours are more so for you know women or groups of women or couples who want to go on you know just a naughty tour. I'm I'm, I'm a big history buff, so I know a lot about LA's naughty side because I, I wrote the book on it. So and, and in the book I offer a naughty home tour where you can go check out you know just like you can check out celebrity houses, you can go check out celebrity houses that were naughty and. Just just little areas of LA, you know, like old burlesque building, you know, where they used to host burlesque shows and now they've changed into um, porn theaters for, for gay men. Okay. <laughs> so there's some history that even though, you know, it's a porn theater where, um, you know, gay people go to watch porn or get off, you can still go in there if you're not scared, you know, they're not going to bite and go see a part of history, you know, that probably won't be around much longer. Okay. And then I also offer tours of women for women who want to go maybe to a sex toy store or, you know, to uh, get some advice or they want me to go with them to go out at a sexy restaurant, sexy nightclub, help them get in, whatever it is that's what I'm available for. Is this something you get a lot of people coming from overseas? Do you get, or is this more or less just kind of around the United States? It's more so the United States okay. that I've, I've gotten so far, and also locals, you know, because they want to know more about their city. And it's just a neat little tourist thing because a lot of people come to LA to see, you know, the Hollywood stuff. But if you keep making visits here, I mean, you've seen it once, you've kind of done it all in LA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right, right. there's just another side to 
the LA that you can visit that people, you know, never thought about. You know, people don't think of being naughty when they come to LA, you know, going to Vegas and being naughty. Yeah, I mean, I would. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean so- it's just different because nobody offers it. And I'll be offered what I offer. Sure. Now, this is something that you set up everything. So, because I've seen in your bio that it says it's like a chauffeur trip to Los Angeles area hotspot. So, I mean, you actually take care of all that. Yeah, I take care of all of it. It um, the minimum is, I mean, the max is four people. That's how that will fit my car. <laughs> so it's very, it's very intimate. You know, it's meant to be intimate, and you get driven around. You know, in style, and I'm pretty much yours. I do whatever you want. You know, you, I custom make the itinerary. It depends on what you want to do. You know, if you're somebody, like I said, you know, who is coming, I don't know, coming to town for Halloween and you want to know where all the naughty shops are, it doesn't even have to be in person. I can make you an itinerary and you can go do it on your own. So it's all up to the person what they want to do. And some people want me to go with them because they get little tidbits, you know, like I help them out. Sure. Almost kind of like sex coaching. Right. And and speaking of that, uh, we saw that you're a certified sex coach. So how, please explain this one because this, I mean, obviously I've seen a few movies. I think it was, uh, what was that? The uh, Meet the Falkers or one of them where I believe that Falker's mom was a a sex coach. Is it kind of the same thing or do you have that, you have a whole different vibe going there? Um, I can't remember if she was a sex coach or sex Therapist, I think you yeah, might be right. She might have been a sex therapist. She's right. a therapist, yeah. That's different. And she's also more has like more of a hippie kind of approach. <laughs> but, yeah, Terry, get know, it right. Love thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a therapist. The therapist is um someone, you know, who's went and got their degree and lots of years, lots of schooling. I'm a sex coach as, as an and also therapist still with the past, you know, past issues that you have. Okay. Um I don't really care for therapy. I'm a sex coach and, you know, I deal with the now and how to get you to move forward to where you want to be in your life. Okay. So it could be anything from the guy comes to me for, you know, dating. You know, he has very low self-confidence. He hasn't been on many dates or he's having a hard time, you know, approaching women or attracting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I can take him, you know, on a date with me and where I critique him and just kind of, you know, help him out and see how he approaches women. And some people, you know, need like a makeover. They need their clothes. There's a lot of guys out there that need help with that, especially if you're living here in L.A. And then there's also women that come to me, and it could be anything, couples, and it could be anything from people already having a great sex life but wanting to learn, you know, how to have an even better sex life. Okay. People think sex coaching is for people that just have a non-existent sex life. That's not true at all. When you hear coaching, you almost visualize, okay, here's the bed, you know, two people getting on it. It's like you're actually telling them what to do. You're, it sounds more like you're, it's, you know, the Will Smith character in that movie Hitch. It sounds like you're kind of helping him with everything. Yeah, it's dating. I mean, because sex has to do with dating. You got to date of first. Course. You know, I mean, not all the time, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you usually have to date first. And when it comes to sex coaching, it's not really about sex. I mean, people would like to have sex. The men would love to have sex, but first, you know, they're looking to meet somebody to connect with someone. And, and people do come to you, you know, with begging skills. They, you know, they want to know, you know, how to go down on a guy or how to go down on a woman. And I can help them with that too, you know, whatever it is. Okay. So. But I also write about it all the time. You know, I, I write blogs all the time. Yeah, we're you have, you have a very full encompassing website, as I see here. It says you were an, an intern in a, in a magazine in in London. Yeah. Uh, are you still into uh, holistic living? Oh, yes. Everything I do is holistic. Like the way I live my lifestyle. You know, I don't take any medication. I, I believe that you can almost fix anything with herbs. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'm always the girl that, you know, my friends come to, like, which herb do I take for this? And I can tell you <sighs> anything. And I have an herb, like, an herb recipe for everything. But I also teach it with just living. You know, um, I have an, a website called the single girl LA and it's like an online magazine. I'm the single girl mm-hmm. and I give people tons of naughty tips. I have a holistic living section on there, you know, just to live naughty and be more holistic in your life and you know, like like how to recover from a hangover, you know, how to do Vegas and survive, you know. Mm-hmm. I always felt like uh, the vitamin and the holistic I always thought that was kind of bigger, maybe I don't know, early 90s, mid 90s. Do you think it's kind of dying down a little bit or do you think that's just kind of, it's just more of a niche market? No, it's not dying down at all. It's actually huge. It's a huge market, especially with people who have money. I mean, nowadays they're making apartment living, 
you know, condos, very expensive condos, like in New York City, mm-hmm. where the whole philosophy is living a more holistic lifestyle because people nowadays take better care of themselves. They want to live longer. In order, in order to do that, you need to stop doing some of the things that people do, like drinking, smoking. You need to be more holistic and, you know, take vitamins and work out and do yoga to live, you know, a longer, healthier life. Okay. Now, you say with you being uh, a single girl, do you find it uh, difficult, given the fact that with, I mean, just at the resume, the bio that I'm staring at with you, I would feel that it would be a little harder to approach you knowing that you have all these, you know, all these certifications and that, you know, you do all these tours and obviously uh, rather known can you, are you, or do you feel that anybody's scared to come up to you or is it fairly simple to, to date in LA? Um, it's very simple to date in LA, especially for women. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can pretty much go out and do a date anywhere, but it doesn't, you know, like quality dates is a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I find that I have, I mean, I'm single by choice. I don't, I'm not looking for anybody, you know, I'm not sure. looking for uh, marriage or kids. Mm-hmm. I do open relationships because that's what works for me. Okay. But when I go out with guys, and as soon as I tell them all that I do, they're very intimidated. And some people yeah. won't date me because, you know, they're insecure in their own ways. And that mm-hmm. just eliminates guys that aren't good for me. You know? So that's your barometer when you go out with somebody, you kind of, when you kind of get into what you do, you can, I would imagine you can kind of get a feel within the first few minutes, whether they're a little too that put off by it. Yeah. I mean, there's some guys that it's not for them, you know, this is not for them and that's totally fine. And there's some guys that are really interested in it. I think that's, so cool and oh my gosh I met the perfect girl and then they start dating you and they realize it's not for them either you know mm-hmm. yeah. there's very few people that can date me <laughs> a long time okay okay <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about your book that you have that you have out uh, you just released it in this this past summer correct oh I just released it months ago and what's the name of the book Naughty Girls Guide to Los Angeles Okay, now is this kind of like a, you know, everybody goes to Los Angeles to get the books uh, that kind of tell you where the stars live and all the kind of interesting things to do in L.A. Is this kind of the more, like you said, it's more of the erotic version of locations? Uh, is this kind of just telling the ins and outs? It's kind of like the, I don't even know what to compare it to. Uh, you know, everybody buys the Disney World guide when you go to Disney World. Is this kind of the same thing if you're looking for that kind of, uh, that kind of thing uh, up in L.A.? Um, yeah, it's a travel book, and, you know, like I said, most people come to L.A. not to be naughty because mm-hmm. they don't think of that. Most people go to Vegas to be naughty. That's, that's what it's advertised for, you know? Oh, sure, sure. But just because you don't think about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist here, and it does, and there's 400 pages of it, and it's everywhere, and there's never been a book written about, you know, the dedicated to the naughty history and the naughty side of L.A. So it's not just for tourists, it's for locals. There's a lot of local stuff in there that, you know, that tourists really wouldn't do. There would be more for locals. So, and it caters to the solo traveler, the girlfriend's getaway, and the lover's getaway. So those are kind of like the three slash five people I'm talking about, too. Okay, okay. So uh, I can get this in Borders. Can I can I get this for the Kindle as well? You can get it on Amazon. Okay. Not Borders. Does that even exist anymore? Um, <laughs> I think they're limited. I'll be honest. With you. I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> they are a lot. I know that they've all closed down. I don't know. If, I think they may have their website up, and that's it. But Amazon, and it's not available by ebook yet because I wanted to release the book first. Okay. And then I'm going to do the ebook. Yeah. Okay. Gotta so get people cool. to buy the book. <laughs> but the ebook will be coming in a few months. Okay. So right now I'm just getting the book out, and it it will be at the Hustler store for sale. And here in LA, that's the major uh, place store right now that's carrying it. And then, like I said, Amazon. And if you want a personal side client, a personal signed copy for me, then you have to go to my website at naughtytravelguide.com, and I'll sign it for you. Okay. Obviously, you've been around the world. I'm seeing here you've been in Washington D.C., New York City, Las Vegas. You've been in, you've been overseas. You've been in London. You did, you do various writings for different magazines. Can you give us an idea of some of the other magazines you've done some writing for? Well, I used to work for Zest magazine, which was in London, that was the magazine I worked for, and then I've done Balance magazine, that was a holistic magazine, and I've done like, random write-ups, you know, for like Cosmo, just um, self, random little write-ups, nothing like an, a major article yet. Okay. So, yeah, we were actually checking out your uh, Twitter page there. You were, now, were you in London? Is that where you were? Just recently? recently? Yeah, recently. No, I think that was near, near the beginning of our career. Oh, was that was I, I thought they, they oh, when uh when we were talking with you no. or they said that no, you were in no. Europe or something? Yeah, I was in London, Paris, Nice, and as 
Yeah. You've really got it all covered. You're yeah. quite the entrepreneur. You've got your own website, your, your own social network that you've created. You're doing uh, the naughty tours. You have a book out. You're an author. You do holistic living. You really got your. You got a lot of irons in the fire here. I see. Anything new that you're projecting I on travel. future? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and I travel. And I travel nonstop. I I go somewhere every month. I was in. I mean, I was in Paris for five weeks. So. Wow. I'd say you know when somebody when somebody. That's what my true passion is, is is traveling. Work is just my second hobby so. okay i think when when people kind of look at the adult film industry they they kind of niche you in a certain area but you're much more than that you've got quite the vast industry going here and it sounds like you're going to have your own empire here everything is up and coming well, i do yeah it's, it's tiny right now it's a tiny little one right now but it will be big one day it'll be bigger I'm sure you have the ambition. That's what it's it is. This is my starter. It's a starter empire. Everyone's got to have their starter kit. In mind. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. So, I mean, I see here you rent out your own studios as well. Yeah. Um, yes. Chauffeured service to you for, for intimate couples and you do sex coaching, your own. Uh... Yeah. One of my tours is you can do for LAs. You can actually go on a set of a porn porn set or you can get your own photo shoot, you know, because there's some girls that, you know, they come to LA and you know, maybe they're feeling a little naughty and they want to have, you know, a photo shoot that's intimate for themselves or mm-hmm. for their lover. And they can do like a sexy calendar. They can even do a photo shoot with their lover. They can see what it's like being on a porn set or being in a porn. Now, are we not... talking to like a porn of their own or are you talking about bringing them onto a studio yeah. where there's one actually well, being? Well, they can do either or. They can do a porn, of, a porn shoot of their own. So it's kind of like a Paramount Backlot Studios tour. I mean, it's not something that people offer. You know, you, not many people can go say they've been on a porn set in L.A. or yeah. have started their own porn, like direct, you know, did their own little porn. So that, I would imagine it takes a lot of close relationships for them to trust you enough to allow you to bring people onto the Onto that kind of uh, atmosphere when work is going on. Well, first of all, I do my own porn shoots. Oh, that's so right. Yeah, your own. One of my porn shoots. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't go to someone else's. It's mine. So I, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. They, if they, if they wanted to do it, I would either have them come on when I'm doing one, mm-hmm. or because you know people's travel schedules are different. If not, then they can um, have you can you can direct your own porn. You know, all you gotta say is like you can hire your own girls. I'll do it all for you. It just depends on how much money you have. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, unfortunately, the porn shoots are not cheap. If you want to come on a porn set, you've got to pay for it. I mean, it's your porn set that you're going on. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I said, you know, if a guy, a guy, a girl, or a couple wants to come, and there's a lot of people out there that have money, and they used to offer the same thing in London a long time ago where you could pretty much talk about this um, fantasy. If you, wanted, if you wanted to have a kidnapping fantasy, they would send somebody out <laughs> while you're walking oh, wow. the street. Could kidnap you in a van, and you could live out this whole naughty fantasy. Or you could go to the chateau in um in France, and they would film you know you having sex. I don't I don't know what happened to that business. It was a long time ago. But uh, I read somewhere or they had something on TV. They thing overseas or it's big doing things like in public, like in front of people. Yeah, I mean that's that's always been around. Oh, I mean it's just I guess it all depends on your your specific fetish. Uh, everybody has a little something different. I would imagine the kidnapping thing could get a little weird, especially if well, it's especially like if you're walking. The if street, somebody else grabs you and it's not, and yeah, right. and the whole time you're going with it and it's not the real kidnapping or exactly, yeah. It turns out to be yeah, your ex prison. I don't, I don't know what happened you. with that. I don't know if any of that was legal or anything. What I do is legal, so as long as it's legal, it's totally fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, of, of all the things that you do, the modeling, the performing, the directing, the tours, the books, everything that you do, what what is your what's your favorite of them all? What's your biggest passion? Well, my passion is traveling, so mm-hmm. doing the travel books is really nothing that's so easy for me because it's something I do all the time and I love it. Mm-hmm. But I would say what makes me the happiest is helping people with coaching mm-hmm. because I, I can see it. I can see someone changing as, you know, they come to me, you know, this little duckling, you know, this little ugly duckling or, you know, shy person. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that they change and become more confident, is, you know, it's very, like, exciting to see that. And to know that you help somebody, you know, become a better person, you know, better with going out, you know, approaching people and it's nice to see that. Okay. Your book, oh, well, I'm sorry, that's the NaughtyGirlsGuide.com. I see you have the website. You have the book on sale? Guide to Los Angeles. Yeah, there you go. Naughty Girls Guides to Los Angeles. Yeah, the city. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the city. Well, you do a lot of traveling. You see any? You see yourself coming out with one maybe for like 
around around the world kind of guide or you since you do a lot of the traveling kind of thing? Well, right now I'm just focusing on the West Coast, and my next book is Vegas. It'll come out next year. I'm already working on it, and then after that will be then that'll be 2013, and then 2014 I'll have San Francisco, and wow. it just makes sense because. When you come to LA, you're gonna go to Vegas. If you go to Vegas, you're gonna come to LA. Mm-hmm. Or if you go to San Francisco, you're gonna come. You know, it's a little triangle. So it's just perfect tourist spot right now to focus on. And I just see myself more focusing on the U.S. at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it blew up and you know, you I could get other writers or you know, people to help me. Mm-hmm. But but because I go and check out these places personally. It's a little hard right now to, not that I can't do it, you know, I just went to Paris for a month, I can totally do it, but it's just a little bit more work, so maybe down the road, you know, I don't know yet. Just right now I'm in focus on the U.S. because it's so easy to do. Okay. We really appreciate you being on the show, and like I said, if anybody wants to check out her website, thenaughtygirlsguide.com, or the Naughty Girls Guide to Los Angeles. Uh, or you can just go to naughtylifestyleexpert.com, and it, um, it has all my websites on there. Oh, great. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <to> like, <laughs> made okay. one page for all my websites, yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you, Sienna. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ciao. Well, everybody, that was Sienna Sinclair. What would you think, Terry? You know what? Sienna, you can just tell how educated she really is. This This woman is so to the point, so matter of fact, but yet, I, I kind of dig all her little tours that she was talking about. It sounds really cool to go out there and do it. I mean, obviously, I don't think that I would. Yeah, right. Well, I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's going over with uh, the wife and myself. Yeah. Right, right. I don't see me doing a porn movie. You know, so chances are you're not going to take the wife out there and say, "Let's let's let's tour a studio of a porn studio." Exactly. <laughs> but that was Naughty Girl's Guide to Los Angeles by Sienna Sinclair. Go to Amazon and order the book. Now it's not available on Kindle yet. I imagine she probably put it out there eventually. Right now, you just order the book. Sounds like a really cool idea if you're going to L.A. to just kind of see what if you're into the risque. Give it a look-see. We really appreciate Cena coming on the show. And I think it's time we turn the lights out on this episode of The Statement Show, Terry. Absolutely. Go vote, guys. Thanks for joining us at The Statement Show. If you like the show, go to our website at thestatementshow.com and click on one of our affiliates. Subscribe to our show at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, check us out on Facebook and YouTube and at Twitter at Statement Show. For comments or concerns or to be a guest on The Statement Show, email us at thestatementshow at gmail.com. 